Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Well, I feel like after that video, it's a little anticlimactic that you transition from such a upbeat, like you're ready to run through a wall type video to me standing on a stage by myself. Not as much energy, not as cool as that video is, but regardless of that fact, I'm really excited to be standing on this stage today to be able to have the opportunity and really the honor to be able to present the gospel message of Jesus today. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly that I get this chance, and I'm just blessed to be able to do so today. Happy 4th of July to you and to your family. I hope that you had a great day yesterday celebrating our nation's independence. Hopefully you were able to go to the pool or the lake. Maybe you're at the beach. Maybe you're able to do a really cool, fun picnic or cookout with family or friends. Hopefully that you were able to eat some good food. Hopefully last night you were able to watch some fireworks, whether, again, I know some people that watch fireworks from the beach. I know some people that went out on a boat, watched fireworks from a boat. I know people that sat in the church parking lot here and watched the city of Canton's fireworks. I also know people that stayed home and they watched fireworks on a TV in their living room. They're probably smarter than the rest of us that got out last night. But if you live in my neighborhood, you probably just stayed up a little too late shooting off fireworks. You know who you are, neighbors, that wanted to go past the midnight curfew with some fireworks. Hopefully that wasn't you. If that was you, I'll accept your apology in any form that you want to give it. And if not, hopefully your neighborhood didn't stay up too late shooting fireworks off last night. And if it was you, I'll just allow you a moment to just repent now for keeping your neighbors up last night. No, I'm kidding. I hope, though, that you had a great day, a safe day yesterday of just being able to celebrate and spend time with family, friends, with loved ones. Just had a really good day, really good weekend. Um, But today, it's Sunday morning. It's July 5th. We are in week three of our Suit Up series, where we're talking about putting on the full armor of God. We're spending all summer long talking about this idea that Paul wrote to the, in the book of Ephesians to the church in Ephesus when he was talking to them. He's talking about just putting on this full armor of God, and there's so many really cool, neat aspects of this that we're going to spend one week talking about each piece of the armor of God. And so I hope that you make plans to tune in or be with us once you're able to meet in person, but tune in over the next couple of weeks as we look at all of these different pieces. And if you've missed the last two weeks, Pastor Jeremy kicked off this series two weeks ago, and he did an unbelievable job last week and the week prior of really talking through some awesome things. And if you missed that, make sure you catch that on the podcast. You can go to wherever you listen to podcasts and search Generations Church, listen to our podcast through that. Or if you would prefer to watch the video, you can also go to YouTube, search Generations Church, you'll see our channel will pop up, and we'd love for you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our videos, either Sunday morning sermons or video announcements that we push out. But we'd love for you to be able to track both of those, follow along. If you've missed the last couple of weeks, catch up a little bit so that you can be a part of this full series with us. But I want to start out today by jumping right into Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 14 and 15 together. And it starts right here in verse 14. It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's what Pastor Jeremy referred to and spoke about two weeks ago. And then it says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. That's what he referred to and talked about last week. Both of those, again, go listen if you missed those. And then today we're going to be looking at verse 15 and it says, and with your feet 
fitted. Some scripture references refer to this as your feet being shod, but your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Today, we're going to talk about what does it look like for you and for me to have our feet fitted with the gospel of peace. You know, about 18 months ago, January of 2019, I'm a big New Year's resolution guy. If you've been around for a while, you've heard, probably heard me say that that very sense. But I love New Year's resolutions. I love not starting the new year off with kind of a bang of this is what I'm going to do this year. And so in 2019, I started the year off by saying, I'm going to turn into a runner. I really wanted to start running and getting healthier, and all of it was really rooted in this. I wanted to lose some weight. I wanted to just be a healthier, healthiest version of myself. And so I just started running. I started working out. I started eating right. My wife, Lauren, and I, we joined the gym so I could go to the gym a couple times a day, or a couple times a week, rather. I didn't go a couple times. I wasn't that committed. But I'd go a couple times a week to the gym. I'd go for a run, you know, once or twice a week. And, you know, early on, it started out where I was terrible at running. I was never a runner growing up. I really hated to run my entire life. I didn't like running in high school. You know, when I was playing sports in high school, my least favorite thing to do was having to, like, run. I just, I didn't like it. I I didn't enjoy it. I didn't see the purpose of it. And so I started just running, and the first couple of runs, first couple of weeks, they were terrible. I'd run like a quarter mile, and then I'd be winded, and I'd have to walk for a while. Then I'd run a half a mile, and I'd be winded, and I'd have to walk a mile. I remember the first time I ran a full mile without stopping. I thought like I was Usain Bolt, like I was unstoppable. But I just began to just develop this passion for running that kind of grew. And I got to the place around the beginning of last summer that I was running without stopping at a really healthy, good pace. I was running a 5K every week, one 5K, which is about 3.12 miles. I was running one 5K every single week. And I really got into a really good, healthy pattern of doing that. And this past year, going into the holiday season and then into January of this year, I kind of fell off with the weather not being good. I, took a, I went on a mission, trip to, a mission trip to Guatemala, and so that kind of affected my ability to continue, and I just didn't jump back into it when I got back from that trip. And so I, I really just, at the beginning of quarantine, Lauren and I, in the middle of March, just said, like, hey, let's just start working out again. We've gotten into a bad habit of not doing it, of not being consistent with it, and so let's just jump back in. And so I started running again, and I just picked up right where I left off, my 5K once, a couple times a week, and I started really feeling good. And around middle of May, I told Lauren, I was like, hey, I'm feeling really good. I think I'm going to run longer than a 5K one day just to see how I feel like I did and so I just kind of planned, like, this coming Saturday morning, I'm going to run at least five miles. I've never done that before. I was like, I'm going to run further than I've ever ran before. And I started mentally preparing myself. I got up that Saturday morning. I drove to the park mentally prepared. I got to the park, and I ran seven miles, and it was awesome. Like, I was so proud of myself. I've never done that. I've never come close to that. I more than doubled my prior record of 3.12 miles. Like, I felt so good about myself. My body felt good afterwards. Like, I went home. I showered. Had a couple of blisters on my feet. I was like, I got to get better socks. But I felt awesome until I woke up the next morning. When my alarm went off the next morning, it was a Sunday morning, I rolled out of bed, and as I got out of bed and I stood up, I nearly fell down because I had massive amounts of pain in my right foot. And I was like, well, maybe it's just like sore. Maybe it was a cramp. And I went through that whole day. The next day came and I was even in more pain. And so I called a physical therapist that I knew. And I was like, hey, here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what it's doing. Here's what I've done that's gotten me to this point. And they told me that I had developed plantar fasciitis, which is an issue in kind of the tissue in 
your foot and the ligaments in your foot that just everything's kind of inflamed. I don't know. There's probably a better scientific way of describing that. But that's kind of what I envisioned had happened. So they talked me through several different things that I can do, some stretches, some workouts, some exercises to get my foot back to a healthy place. But they told me the best thing for you and the number one thing you need to do is you need to get the right shoes. Well, when I had been running, I just had some old tennis shoes that I threw on. And, you know, I just, whatever you're wearing is what you run in. I didn't know. I didn't know that there was, like, proper footwear that I needed to have for my foot. That was the right thing. So I went to a store that specializes in running footwear. And they did all of these really cool tests of, like, they watched me run and they tracked it and recorded it and watched me walk and watched me take off and watched me stop. And they're watching to see if, like, when I run, does my foot roll or anything. It was really a really cool process. And so they found that I had this particular type of way that I was walking and the best thing for me was this specific shoe. And so they fit me with this shoe and I started walking and immediately, like, I had no pain. It was unbelievable. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Now, it was expensive. Don't get me wrong. It was one of the more expensive pairs of shoes I've ever purchased in my life. But it made a massive difference when I got back into running again. Like, it was, it was crazy how much better my feet felt. And it was just so important. And they kept telling me, and the physical therapist was telling me, that your foot being fitted to the right shoe makes all of the difference. And so today, I want to spend some time talking about what does it look like for our spiritual lives for our feet to be fitted with the gospel of peace? What does it look like for us to walk in and to carry peace everywhere we go? And so today, I don't want to really spend a ton of time talking about like, like how we do this. I really want to talk today, as I've been praying and processing and preparing for today over the last several weeks, I've really felt called to just talk about really the why. Like why do we need to have our feet fitted with the gospel of peace? And I think there's two things that God kind of laid on my heart as the reasons to fit our feet with peace. The first reason that I feel that we need to fit our feet with the gospel of peace is that God wants us to take peace to others. God wants us to take peace to other people. If you got on to whatever news platform you choose to get your news sources from today, right now, if you got on there right now, more than likely these would be the headlines that you would see. You would see COVID-19, you would see racial injustice, police brutality, peaceful protests, riots, wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, taking down statues, political division, kneeling down during the national anthem, and so on and so forth. This would be a pretty, pretty exhaustive list, but I really do feel that if I got onto my social media feed right now, I would be close to putting money on, I'd bet a pretty good dollar on the fact that I bet nine out of ten posts would be about one of those items. It's what we're talking about right now. This is what the things that people are arguing about, that are yelling at each other about, and these are the things that people are just absolutely downright filled with hate over. People are yelling hatred. People are reposting things that are divisive. And people are writing comments that belittle others. And if I can be honest with you for a second, it all just kind of makes my stomach hurt. It all just kind of just gives me just the sour feel in my stomach as I read some of the evil things, some of the mean things, some of the hate-filled things, some of the things that people are writing that are divisive. And some things people are writing just to try to get an argument out of somebody. 
I think if there's one thing that I've realized through this quarantine, really going all the way back to March, and obviously a lot of things are going back to quote-unquote normal, and a lot of things are reopening right now, but if there's one thing I've kind of observed through all of this shutdown is that people have gotten a more than even before false sense of confidence and courage and boldness to say whatever's on their mind, sitting behind a keyboard or holding their phone in their hand. I think a lot of this is rooted in the fact that it's easy for us to say a bunch of different things when I know I don't have to, to face anybody the next day. I can talk about my family openly because I don't have to see my family because I'm stuck in my house. I can say whatever I want to say on Saturday afternoon because I don't have to walk back into church on Sunday morning and face everybody and them knowing what I just said. It's given us kind of this false sense of courage that I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's healthy for us. But I still believe that the church is the hope of the world. I'm not referring to pastors. I'm not referring to a building. I'm referring to people that claim to be followers of Jesus. I believe that the Christians of the world are still the hope of the world. Yet time and time again, I see church people carrying anything but peace to others. If we go to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So what does it look like to be a peacemaker? If we're supposed to fit our feet with the gospel of peace, and God says, and Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, what does it look like to be a peacemaker? What does it look like for the church to take peace to others, I think that the first thing we have to do is we have to realize that being a peacemaker isn't the same thing as being a pacifist. Being a peacemaker isn't the, isn't, doesn't define you as someone that just sits on the sideline and doesn't stand up for justice and doesn't stand up for what is right. But being a peacemaker isn't the absence of conflict. But I think a really good working definition for all of us of what does it mean to be a peacemaker is I think we could define peacemaker as this. I think peacemaker is someone who is actively seeking to reconcile people to God and to one another. I'm going to read that definition one more time. Peacemaker, I think we could define it this way, that it is someone who is actively seeking to reconcile people to God and to one another. It's actively seeking reconciliation. It involves movement. It involves doing something. It involves taking action and not sitting on the sidelines. It involves having your feet fitted with the gospel of peace and actively pursuing to reconcile people to God and to other people. But here's the problem, church. We can't do this when we're being divisive. We can't actively be peacemakers and trying to reconcile people to God when we are going on social media and we're posting things just trying to get in an argument. We can't do this when we're being insensitive to people that are struggling and we're calling people out and we're being hate-filled and we're being, we're being people that are trying to pick fights. Can't do this when we're talking about how great God is in one post and then our next post is calling someone an idiot because they believe something different than you. But what if we took peace everywhere we went? What if instead of judging others or making comments about what others think, what if we just took peace? An article released in October of 2019 by the Washington Times, it shows that 65% of American adults, about 167 million people, describe themselves as being a Christian. 
Now, I don't know of that 65% or 167 million people, I don't know how many of those are actively pursuing a relationship with God or how many of those actually just checked a box. I don't know. But what would it look like and what would happen if 167 million people chose peace? What if 167 million people said, I want to be a peacemaker? What if 167 million people stopped posting fear-mongering and hate-filled things on social media? Imagine if you got on Facebook and every one of your friends that claimed Christianity posted only positive things and not negative things. What if we fit our feet with the gospel of peace and we took it everywhere we went? What if we changed the world? Before you can take peace anywhere, though, before we can put on the gospel of peace, we can have our feet fitted with this to take to others, I think that there's one of the things that we must do first. And that's the second reason that we must fit our feet with the gospel of peace. And that is because God wants us to have peace. So God wants us to take peace to others, but God also wants us to have peace. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do, not give this, I do not give to you as the world gives, but do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. Now for so many of us, for so many of you, you have real reason for anxiety, you have real reason for worry, and a lot of us, we have real reason for fear. Maybe for you, you have pre-existing conditions, or you have elderly people in your family that have pre-existing conditions that makes the fear for COVID-19 very real and very, very real in your life. Maybe for you, you have fear or you have anxiety that maybe through all of this pandemic that you may, that you may lose your job or you may not lose your job or you may lose part of your income. Maybe you've already lost your job and your fear is that you may lose the house or the car or you're not going to be able to have enough food Maybe for you, your fear is that doctor's appointment you have next week. Maybe you, your fear is having that tough conversation with your spouse or with your family. Maybe you've been avoiding some things in your marriage that you really need to deal with, and you've just been living with some anxiety over that. But what would it look like in your life if you gave God every one of your fears? What if every single day when you woke up, you didn't worry all day long. What if you said, today I'm going to fit my feet with the gospel of peace. And everywhere I go, every conversation I walk into, every place that I put myself in, every place I have, my life happen. I'm going to carry peace. I'm not going to walk in with anxiety. I'm not going to walk in with fear. I'm just going to walk in knowing that God's got this. God's in control. And I can have peace through this whole situation, through this whole circumstance. You know, for me, I love kind of thinking in metaphor a little bit, and how do I actually physically apply this to my life? And for me, as I've been preparing for this and just praying over, God, what does it look like genuinely to have peace? What does it look like to genuinely put peace on my feet and to carry peace and be peace everywhere I go. For me, I'm a routine guy, and so every morning I kind of have the same routine throughout the week. You know, Saturdays look a little different, obviously. But I have kind of the same routine throughout the week. And so I'll get up, my alarm will go off, I'll get up, I'll get ready for the day, I'll go downstairs, I'll eat breakfast. And then before I leave the house, I'll come upstairs and I'll put my shoes on. 
Now, Lauren and I, in our master bedroom, we've got a rocking chair that sits in one of the corners that the rocking chair was my grandparents. And so I love the rocking chair. It's got family significance to me. And so it sits right there in our master bedroom. And every single time I go to put my shoes on, I'll go up the stairs, I'll go to my closet, I'll grab the shoes out of the top of my closet that I'm wearing that day, and I'll go and I'll sit in that rocking chair every day, and that's where I put my shoes on at. And so what I think for myself is that what it would it look like if every time I sit in that chair and every time I put my shoes on, if I just made a simple prayer of God today, let my feet be fitted with the gospel of peace. God, today, every conversation I walk into, let me go into it with peace. God, today, every situation of my life that I encounter, God, let me have peace. God, when I have that appointment, when I have that meeting, God, when my boss calls me in and says, hey, we need to talk, God, today, let me have peace. There's a scripture found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. To uh, those of us that claim Christianity, to those of us that say that I am a follower of Christ, God, when He entered our life and gave us the Spirit to live inside of us, He didn't do so so that we could walk around in fear. He didn't do so so that we could walk around being timid. He did so so that we can wake up every single day and say, God, today I'm going to walk in the boldness and the courage and the faith of knowing that you're in control. Today, I choose peace. You know, every December 31st in our calendar year, most of that day is spent reflecting back on what has happened in that calendar year. This past year, 2019, on December 31st, when you're watching TV, so much of it is like, here's who won the Super Bowl this year. Here's who won the NBA playoffs. Here's who won the, the World Series. Like, it's all of these different flashbacks to remember what took place in the year. Here was the top grossing movie. Here was the best TV. Here's the 16 TV shows that were canceled this year. There's all these different lists and things of the top 10 greatest things. And here's the most searched word. And here's the highest, you know, Bible verse search this year. There's all these different things that are looked at on December 31st to, to glance back at the prior year. I think that 2020 is going to be a very interesting December 31st. There's a lot that has already happened this year. We're only halfway through the year. I don't know what the second half is going to bring, but the first half has been a doozy. 2020 has been no joke. And I think when we get to December 31st and we're looking back over this calendar year, Several of those things that I read when I was referring to some of the news topics will be some of the hardest hit, most talked about things on December 31st. But for me, I think the common theme through so many of those is fear. I think there's fear around a disease. I think there's fear around the way people respond to it, whether they respond too much or they don't respond enough. I think there's fear around police, whether you're protecting them or you're against them. I think there's fear around peaceful protests and riots and where's the line between. Like there is fear around so many things right now in our nation. And I think when we get to the end of this year, we're going to look back and we're going to realize that so much of what's taken place this year has been full of fear. But what if you're different? What if we're different? 
What if the church said, no more, I'm not going to live in fear and I'm not going to continue to just post things that are full of fear? What if you chose peace? What if you said, every day when I wake up, I'm going to fit my feet with the gospel of peace. I'm going to walk in peace and I'm going to be a peacemaker. No more with posting hate-filled things. No more with posting things just trying to rouse somebody up. No more with posting comments that are just trying to pick a fight. I choose peace. My prayer for you is that you will as well. That together we can say, let's make a difference in our families. Let's make a difference in our communities. When we're sitting around and we're just having conversations with people around the water cooler, when we're sitting in a family member's house having a conversation over dinner, and they bring something up that is just to cause a fight and pick an argument, like, shut it down. You know what? I don't think that's going to be helpful. I want to be a peacemaker. Let's just bring unity. Let's just bring everybody cohesiveness Let's just try to push people closer to God and not push them away. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, right there in your living room, unless you're driving, keep your eyes open. But everybody else, just kind of close your eyes for a second and just kind of reflect on your own heart. For everybody that's watching, for everybody that's listening in the future, today, if you've never accepted Christ, there's no better opportunity than right now. It is the greatest decision that you can and will ever make. So today, if you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you just tell to God, like, God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I want you to come, forgive me of my sins, and be the Lord and Savior of my life. It's that easy. If you just mean it from your heart and you say it with your mouth, He will come and He will change your life forever. We'd encourage you, if you'd make that decision, reach out to us. We'd love to give you some resources to just help you on this faith journey. But for those of us that claim to be a follower of Jesus, that you would say, I I love God and I want to pursue him with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then today I want you to just check your own heart. Just look inward for a moment. Ask yourself this question first. Do I live my life in peace? Or do I live my life in fear? Do I allow fear to control me? Or do I wake every up every single day and say, God, today is the day that I just want to just live out what your will for my life is. And so today I'm going to have my feet fitted with gospel of peace. And I'm going to walk in everything I do just knowing that you're walking before me and I go into that situation carrying your peace. Second thing I want you to do is I want you to check your heart today. Are you a peacemaker? Or are you a fight picker? Do you go into situations trying to push people closer and pull them into a relationship with God? Or do you go in trying to cause division, trying to get someone wound up, trying to start an argument, trying to prove that you're right and they're wrong? Check your own heart. Look inwardly. What's important to you? Is it important for you to be right? Or is it important for you to just let people know that there is a loving God that desperately wants a relationship with them? What's your social media? What would your social media platform say? Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that every day I get to wake up and I get to say, God, today fit my feet with peace. Let me walk with peace. God, for those that are listening, those that are watching, that have issues in their life right now that are causing them anxiety and stress and fear and worry. God, I pray that right now, wherever they are, that your peace would just be with them. 
God, let them feel your presence in their living room, in their car, on the boat, on their job, wherever they are at any point listening to this. God, let them know that your peace is right there with them. And God, I pray that all of us would check our hearts, that we would look internally, that we would check to see what is most important to us. God, let us be peacemakers. God, I pray personally for myself, let me be someone that is just trying to drag others towards God and let them see that he loves them and to not be divisive. God, let us all be peacemakers. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.